the political philosophy of black nationalism only means that the black man should control the politics and the politicians in his own community. The, the, time, the time when white people can come in our community and get us to vote for them so that they can be our political leaders and tell us what to do and what not to do is long gone. By the same token, the time when that same white man, knowing that your eyes are too far open, can send another Negro into the community, get you and me to support him so he can use him to lead us astray, those days are long gone. Welcome, welcome. What's good, y'all? What's good? What's happening? What's up? Very blessed to be here. <laughs> blessed and highly favored. Do you see? It's almost like predestined to be here. Listen, it was it was it was um written before we were in the womb, you know what I'm saying? So that's true. What was <laughs> that? Are we all our characters in a play? You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and God never starts something he didn't finish. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That that's that's why I look at it. Mm-hmm. Like like your uh your old podcast, Abdi. Mm-hmm. What a time to be alive, right? What a time to be alive, Abdi. What a time to be alive in America. What a time to be alive in the world. What a time to be alive in 2020. What a time to be alive. Period. What a time to be a black person too. Real stuff, bro. Yes, sir. Historic. Regardless of all the stuff that's going on, man, I've never been as proud to be black yes. as I am right now, man. It's crazy. For sure, man. For sure. It's, sure. sad. it's uh it's it's unfortunate what's going on but i think this is a uh, this is the last straw i think um i don't think we can go back to a system that has been oppressing us for all these years so i think the revolution has officially begun <laughs> we can hope so we can hope so you know and you know i was thinking about that you know when people say we need to change the system like i think some, a lot of people mean like let's tweak what we have Mm, you right. know what I'm saying but like no we need mm-hmm. a different system mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. because the, the re- the, it's not even a working force it is working it's just not for us that's... right Comment no, it's not exactly. for us right exactly it's for it's like someone was saying even about the police the police are not broken they're working exactly how they're supposed to right. it's not a question of do we fix the police it's a question of do we have a system that works mm-hmm. exactly right and, and who does it work for it does work, but it doesn't work for us. So, yeah. Can you? Uh, you were talking about that last time. Uh, can you explain how the system is actually working perfectly fine? Should we? Yeah, should I we mean, first, should, should we first tell them how um, we failed uh, recording the first? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So, so this guy Abby right here, um, he forgot to press record on the first. Yikes! Time. Throw me on the bus. <laughs> nah, it was me. Abby. Yeah. Yeah. We got, we got, I got, I got too passionate with the conversation that I forgot to press the little red button. So this is part of it. It was a good intimate conversation. So it was a good time for us, though. I had fun. It was a good time. For sure. It was a good time. Now part two has become part one. Yeah. It's an extended, it's an extension. Yes. It's a sequel. It's a sequel. I like that. that. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But let's get into Um, it. Um, What were you talking about? You know, I'll be, yeah. uh, if you can just kind of explain, because you were talking about last time how the system works completely, it's like perfectly fine. It's just <clears throat> not for the right people. For sure. I mean, if you go to the origin story of this country, right, 
it started off as a colony, right? It's from other country, people coming from another country and taking a territory. And, and what happened was there was a divisiveness between one set of white people and another set of white people. And so that set of white people here was like, let's make our own thing. So they made a game that was built for rich, white, land-owning white guys. And the game is, was, and will continue to work perfectly for those people because the rules was made around them, right? You don't write, we the people are all, you know, made in God's image and then have people that you also don't, that you don't consider as humans, right? How many years after the fact where black people, given humanity, right? White people had to come around and decide like, you know what? You are a person today. You are a human. Right? Not even a full person. You're, what was it? Three fifths of a person. So it, it was a, a progressive kind of notion that we were even people. So, you know, that kind of test on is even crazy for them to have to be like, let's take the time to consider the humanity. But yeah, again, they built a system for them to win and they're winning at it and they will continue to win at it. And so people continue to say like, let's change the system. And a lot of times they mean trying to like make it equitable. Right? The system can never be equitable. The system can never be diverse. The system can never be um, fair to all, right? It's built for one type of people and it's gonna continue to serve that type of people. So um, I think that a lot of times, if we look at the, if we look at the, like the bigger picture of history, right? We'll see different types of systems rise up and not work out, right? At a certain point. And when that bubble comes up, it bursts. Mm. Right, it's, and we're seeing that bubble continue to grow. Whether this is a burst or not, I mean, I'm not gonna say that, but we can see how sometimes we can feel that kind of like volcanic kind of rupture when things are kind of cooking underneath the, you know, underneath the visible eye underground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like since white supremacy has pretty much controlled the narrative, like even when we're growing up, like we've been indoctrinated, and you know, we. I used to think that, you know, the whole civil war was because, you know, the Northern whites really cared about uh, the emancipation yeah. of African-Americans, bro. <laughs> it's purely economical, man. You know, the, the South had a monopoly yeah. on the slave trade and all the manufacturing and the production that was going on there. So they decided to have that war. And man, there's just so much to unlearn. Like the older, the older we get and the yeah. more conscious we become of these things, it's more unlearning than actually learning, so. For sure. You know, I was even thinking like how crazy, like, you know, you know, there's always a saying like, oh, slavery was so long ago. Like, oh, those things were so long ago, right? Like people, and when I say that, I say white people, they always assume like it was like the day before, you know, like slavery ended, white people were like niggers. And then the next day after emancipation, <laughs> they, like they were like, anymore. hey, Johnny, great to see you, man. Yeah. No. church, blessings and peace to you, brother. <laughs> How's mother doing? You know, like, as if like the flip switch that white people were like, oh, here's our brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's another human being like, nah, the smoke was still there. You know what I'm saying? There was still that, just because there was a, the, the issue there was, there was no type of pairing of a conscious change. There was a legal change, right? But there was no type of conscious change. People didn't decide to think people were better. They just were kind of forced upon that by the, by the law. But that wasn't the, collective mind state of the people people weren't like oh whoa 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 on, on the masses at least like this is wrong mm -hmm. some people did they had enough 
leeway to leverage it. And, you know, throughout American history, we see, you know, the slavery end and then we see, you know, slight levels of kind of progress. But at the same time, that's over 400 years. And so we see that, again, small progress in a game that people are making leaps and bounds in is not a game you're ever going to win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Imagine you're trying to crawl when niggas are doing these crazy dashes. Like, you're not going to, like, you're, there's no way you're going to keep up or catch up. There's nothing that can happen where you're going to be able to, like, at least get to where they're at, right? When they've been already running so many more laps than you. I think it's important to understand that during slavery, black people were an asset. For as sure. soon as slavery was over, they became a liability and they mm-hmm. became a competitor in uh, the economy. So, it's it didn't end just like people think it does like mm-hmm. they scan the they sign the papers and it was just like all right like yeah. start building homes together and let's build a business next to each other no it did yeah. not work like that do you think do you yeah. think these slave owners were like oh we just got the news you get a free buy like <laughs> hey all my economic leverage is out the window in this one decision so you guys have a great time ciao i will yeah. now no longer be one of the one percenters <laughs> obviously you know whenever you play with people's pockets you know it, it gets it gets a little you know it gets a little frisky. So I mean, again, we see that black bodies were tied to economic power, but there was never some type of humanity to it. They were kind of a machine. They were another animal to be able to produce, right? And when you have that 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 amount of free labor, the economic kind of impact that you can have is so much greater, right? Your overhead is cut significantly, and in and in a single decision by a president can now say that way of earnings is now illegal, right? People are not going to just be like casually changing that mentality, right? There's that there's a system that's going to continue to preserve itself, right? Sometimes you might see progression in the system, but that is kind of like it's um, counterbalance, right? It's able to move a little bit to move back a little bit, right? We had a Barack Obama to have a Donald Trump. Right, that, that, that those are those are related, right? We swung way over to a black man. We have to swing way back this way. Will we swing all the way back this way? Probably not. But we see how that those are going to be correlated. We see that when people are peacefully protesting for years, they're going to start rioting. Everything's all those are super connected. Yeah, I think I think most it's mostly a huge just psychological warfare. Like even from back then, there was a lot of. I feel like people, a lot of people think that white people, all of them were just well off back then, but that's not true. There was a lot of yeah. poor uh, white people that were amongst the slaves, actually, as indentured servants. And uh, the slave owners and the people that were in power actually used psychological tactics like uh, racial bribery and kind of giving them a psychological advantage, even though there's no financial, physical, nothing, no advantage they have over um, the, the slaves. They believe that they were better than them just because they were told that they were. And we see the sure. same thing right now too with the model minority myth. Yeah, you know we hear them say like, "Oh, look at the Chinese; they're able to do this. Like they were yeah. enslaved and this and that. Look at the Jews; look at this." And then you even hear Abishah people saying that, which is yeah, it's tragic. It's yeah, the worst. Bizarre, definitely. Yeah. So I think we need to understand that it's all psychology, like literally just playing mind games. So, but I think people are waking up now. They're actually realizing. I think so too. I mean, like Abi, you were saying like you're not sure if this is the you know the threshold where the volcano finally erupts right yeah. i mean i feel like it is yeah. um i mean within this past week we've seen 
the momentum stay steady, you know? Um, what do you guys think is or was the thing that really made in George Floyd's, like, you know, this the whole situation with George Floyd and his murder, what do you think was the thing that made us, like, what caused an uproar? Like, what is different about this than all the other, you know, police shootings and police killings that that really got to it? I think it's an accumulation of people not working at the moment and yeah. being home. Mm-hmm. That kind of forces you to, it puts blinders on. You're fixated on the, on the TV now. You're on social media. Whether yeah. you like it or not, it's going to be in your face now. You can't, you're not like checking your phone on break at work and like seeing another black man dying. You're at home, mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. sitting there thinking about it all day. And you're like, yo, like this stuff has really been happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the biggest part that has to play with it. On top of it being the last straw on the threshold, on the threshold that we have. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I think on top of that, it was just the fact that Mans was kneeling on him for nine minutes. Like, I still can't do it. Like, this morning, I, I was watching a video, or like a church service, and they decided to play, like, part of it. And I was just watching it, and I was, Mans was kneeling on him. I, I, I don't know. You guys already know. You guys already saw it. Like, it's just so enraging. And I think that's that has a huge part to do with it. I mean, the, the way that it was done, you know? And the three other cops were, like, looking at him, too, as he was dying. That's... Yeah. For nine minutes not to do anything, that's crazy. I don't know. I mean, I yeah. think... Yeah. You go ahead, Abby. I think what was crazy, like, there was this kind of, like, void in his face, right? It wasn't that's like the he's the whole time struggling with him and choking him out, where no. he's, like, in a tussle, right? It's very calm. It's very cool. It's very collected, right? It's a, not a second thought. It's already... It's a, it's a thoughtful process, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it, it reminds me of like those pictures where you see, you know, lynchings where like people are coming from a church service and having a picnic, mm-hmm. right? The black mm-hmm. body is exactly. not a human body. It's whatever. I, I really don't understand how like the, how to classify it, but it, it's subhuman, right? When you're subhuman, yeah. you can casually watch someone coming <coughs> from a tree and burning with your children eating a sandwich after church, That's right? Great. Not... Not this is not like eight like a thousand years ago. This is not you know this isn't this isn't almost in recent history. There's people who have great great grandparents who are some people even alive who are related to direct slaves. You know, mm-hmm. so this is not and then we know that slavery was still happening even after it was quote unquote illegal, right? And then we have statehood slavery through prisons, and now technically slavery is not ended. It has a clause that you know if you're a prisoner, you're a slave. So we do have slavery in America. It's not a, it's not an and or but. It's not Absolutely. that you as a private citizen can't own a slave, but the state can, and then you as a corporation also can, right? Through private prisons and that investment. So again, the system not broken. It's working very, very well. Exactly how like, it's supposed. To be. People get paid, and you know, like I don't know if you guys seen that tweet of like how Fox News showed the economic differences of like black tragedy. That's how they operate. You know, I seen this documentary when um, about 9-11 and there was an investor and he was saying, the first I, I had when the towers were attacked, when I heard the towers were attacked were, how much is the price of gold, mm. right? That was his first thought he had when he saw 9-11 happening or heard 9-11 was happening. And so money is what's really the bloodline of all of this, right? And 
it flows very healthily through that or through that demographic and mm. so a lot of it is going to be it's going to be an economic kind of decision and in, in my state and so you know people are getting paid off of this you know what i'm saying how much did mark zuckerberg make how much did um um jeff bezos make in the last few weeks of a pandemic you know what i'm saying Who's not to say not to, yeah. not to say don't get your bag king you know what i'm saying because i'm all about it but we have to understand how can people become 100 extra million heirs in a pandemic when economic when the economies are shut down and people um are, are starving right and so and then you have a police brutality like what's good in your face too when they say the economy shut down they're not talking about us Hello, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. Who's economy? Ask them that. Who's exactly. economy? Yeah. Because the game we play and the game they play is very different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, I was doing research. I was like, how you know, there's always this argument of reparations. And I never felt like that was really realistic. But, you know, I was doing some more research and I'm just like, you know what? I went from like defund the police now to abolish the police, but now I'm definitely full reparations, and I think it's super possible because the it's wall they're trying to the wall we're trying to uh, trying to build is five billion. The um, what's it called? Reparations would be four point six. So we clearly have the money, right? Wait, what they, type? What form of reparations is that? That's going to be four point six billion. That would be cash payments. So nah, like, man. that's not. So, that's not. I'm sorry, not billion. Four point six trillion. Sorry, four point six trillion. And so it would be. It, it would. The numbers are a little foggy, so I don't want to go too deep into it, but roughly they were saying if we paid all black people, which I'm not sure should be the case. I mean, I'm not sure if that should be the case. What do you think would be the best form of reparations? You have you have a big block of funding that goes directly to um, descendants black. of slaves. And then you have another another block that goes to community development and the specifically in black community, another block that goes into um, business development. Right, so it's like a three-tiered thing. Like, direct descendants of black slaves have direct cash deposits for their um, reparations, and then okay. the economic, like the community impact, is still going to be there, where you develop in small businesses with like zero interest loans type of thing, and then you also do like you know real funding of schools. And I mean, and I the community. What, yeah, like if we, especially if you're, re- if I think now people are going to start, black people are really going to start pulling to live in and around each other. And so you'll start seeing a lot more black schools, a lot more black hospitals, a lot more black businesses in that sense. And so when you kind of be around, when you're um, kind of homogenized like that, you can, you know, resources flow a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking at I mean, this. that would be. Oh, go, go, on, ahead. go on, bro. Go on, bro. No, I was just, I was looking at these numbers. Uh, it was something like 1,500%, uh, no, 1,500 times profit that they made off the, sl- uh, the labor of black slaves. All these historic yeah. buildings that you see in Philadelphia and DC, all of those were built by free labor. For sure. So I I definitely think that the whole reparations argument is not even an argument anymore. Yeah. I, I don't even think it should be an argument. It's, it should be tough. It's just I how, mean, yo. We, how, how should we do the Right. It's uh, not like we have never paid reparations, right? Just we haven't paid reparations to black people. That's yeah, the, that's the thing. Reparations because they know all the time. You know what I'm saying? Africans, African countries are paying reparations to um, to European countries for their freedom. You know what I'm saying? There is always going to be someone paying someone for whatever happens. We just not, we just didn't get that check yet. Don't we send? Bro, I mean, it's it's calculated, bro. Yeah. 
it's calculated man i mean imagine what's gonna happen if they do give us especially that form of reparations right um not only like giving cash to you know descendants of slaves just straight up cash but like empowering black people through money right through mm-hmm. uh, through businesses empowering black businesses and and black money to continue to grow that's that's a calculated move on on America's part to not give us that For because sure. that's that's a big deal. They're they're giving us a lot of power and it's racism, bro. They don't want to give us that. That's I mean, why this whole the the whole the whole argument of 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 uh, us wanting reparations has been going on for how many years? <laughs> Decades. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. And I think like it's that there's like this bullshit claim of like you know America's a capitalistic society. No, we're not. We're a white supremacy society. If we were a capitalistic society, mm. every obstacle would be clear out of your way for you to get the bag, right? Yeah. Because that's what real competition is, right? Yeah. It's it's not it's not good competition when I have issues that I have to face. It's only good competition when I can give 100%, you can give 100%, right? Mm-hmm. That's there's innovation, that's there's, but if it's hard for me to get a business loan, if it's hard for me to hire niggas, if it's hard for me to do simple things because I'm black, like that does not, actually help the large economy we have a, a trillion dollar budget that black people i mean um spending power that we have a year as black people right but it doesn't circulate within us right no. the, the the benefit of um segregation was because you could only go to other black people we needed black doctors we needed black lawyer you could not go to a white lawyer you could not go to a white teacher these niggas would be like, no, sir, not me. You know what I'm saying? So you had to have a black hospital, a black bank, a black, you know, mechanic. And so money was circulating. That's how the black middle class was able to grow so quickly. But now as we have kind of dispersed throughout the country, the the buying power is very little. And I've and I seen this quote that circulated, and I know Simone put it up too, where um, Malcolm X was like, we're not outnumbered, we're out-organized. But I would push back and say we're out number two. Like I feel like we think there's a lot of black people in America. There's not that many black people. Right? It's only like 14%. we're 12, 13 percent, right? We're not we're not 20 percent. We're not a fifth of the population. We're not a quarter of the population. We're not a third of the population, right? We are 12 to 13 percent, 14 percent, depending on how you calculate it, right? And so that demands that we have to be um, a community that are are. Are reflective of us, right? When you go to Koreatown, it's only Korean niggas over there, right? They only do Korean stuff in Koreatown. They're not worried about other yeah. niggas in other streets, yeah. right? They got a hospital, they got a bank. They, they, you don't have to speak English, right? And not like because you don't want to, because you can fully survive there with all your needs met and not have to completely assimilate. They have the economic buying power to make decisions in those few square blocks, right? But we don't. Someone last time said we have a little dukkah, we have a couple of restaurants, right? But there's no community senator. There's no like even right. in, even in DC, right? There's no like structural buildings or organization that's like long term established, fully funded. You have little pockets of things, of course, but you know what I'm saying. So how do you see that? Our, how do you see that happening? I mean, I think first they have to live in places where there's other black people. You need to have black neighbors in yeah. a black city where you sp- where you can go to a store and have black businesses where you spend your black dollar at, right? You have mm-hmm. to create a circulation. Right now, we live in the internet, so we can kind of do that a little bit more easy, 
without having to remove ourselves or to um, move ourselves. move somewhere, move ourselves, mm-hmm. so we can spend our money online. But it's important because the first rule of getting rich is you need equity in land and real estate, and we don't own any real property, so we have to take up neighborhood. You know, I'm, I'm a real estate consultant, and so a lot of people think, you know, when you hear that we're going to go to the recession, people were like, oh, especially our age, they were so excited. They're like, oh, I can't wait because I'm going to get all these houses super cheap, right? Like it happened in 08. But what's actually going to happen is real estate is going to go even more expensive. Why? Because supply and demand, right? What happened was when a lot of these middle class and low uh, working class people lost their homes in 08, these big companies and equity firms came in and bought houses by the thousands. Mm-hmm. They were buying up neighborhoods, right? It wasn't like my grandma owns this block, my sister lives over here, my teacher lives on the street. Like you live there, but no one owns that house. It's a company that owns this whole neighborhood. So we all don't actually own any land here, but we have a you know a cultural and a physical presence here. But that's a huge part of growing wealth, right? If you cannot have any place to build off of physically, you cannot create a physical, you know, presence anywhere, you're not gonna be able to really, you know, move the needle in your favor. So it sounds like the number one thing that we have to do, right? The thing that comes first as black people is is invest in black businesses. Mm-hmm. Make sure, sure we keep our money black. We go to ice cream stores that are black we go to buy clothes that are black owned businesses that's 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 what it seems like should be the first step for us yeah because capital is not a problem in the black community we're we always spend the most but make the least every single year exactly i mean I, i think it was 2016 or 17 Black people bought twice as many Mercedes Benz as white people, but made half yeah. the income that white people did. Yeah. So capital yeah. is not a problem. So I think that's I think that's what, bless you. I okay. think that's that's what the outnumbered but um, the organized quote has to deal with is for sure the money is not the problem. I think mm-hmm. it's the lack of financial literacy and mm-hmm. the the lack of a community first and foremost. Like Abby said, we need to establish. Uh, a community in which we can have our money bounce around at least 10 to 12 times within that economy, black economy, just like the Koreans are doing, just like the Chaldeans, everybody else is doing. And nobody has a problem with that. You know, and then once we have that money, then we start buying or renting politicians. Mm -hmm. You take Mm -hmm. those politicians, go into legislation and start doing the things that we want them to do because politicians are only loyal to one color and that color is green. Green, and I think we need to stop being fixated on like elections currently at the moment in terms of presidential elections. I think local smaller elections are much more important than the big presidential election, in my opinion. That's uh, not to say that don't, don't go and vote. But that's not to say don't go and vote. Vote, no. but realize you that the real people who affect you is the local stuff. Right, the ones who live in your zip code and live in your city's district, right? Those are people yeah. who made a change the, the most powerful person in a city is the da yes thank mm-hmm. you right yo this That's is something most, i just learned recently bro the da has all the bro bro i'm telling yes. you they're the ones who really ship and can really make a community broken or can really affect the trajectory of you know tens of people if not hundreds of people if not thousands of people depending on their um district and their kind of yeah. um, their scope of work but man, the DA, that's where all the political power is at. 
You know what I'm saying? Police chief. That's where all the political power is at. Even police chief gets voted in by us? Police chief is someone who goes through the ranks, but if you have someone that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not for the police, and I think we should um, not just defund it, but abolish it. But again, if we were using this specific system to kind of survive in, which obviously I'm not for, but in theory, you would want like a police chief, right? Where if things happen, right? Like when, 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 um, when a mob, when, what was the gentleman who got killed in, in Atlanta? When he got killed, the guy who did the killing, he knew the, the police, he knew the DA, he knew the police captain, right? So there was no, there were just a few phone calls made and, and everyone went, went home, right? Who, who, who you will call when you just sat and they're gonna chase a bond, right? Dang. Imagine chasing a white boy down the hood with, you know, you, you, and you got it on you like that, right? It, it's just a, such a bizarre even scenario to even think of, but Mm-mm. you know, so you could be like, yo, what's good, y'all? You know, they, they got a nigga slipping, pull up real quick, I need you. And you'd be like, bet, 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 say less, my nigga, yeah. I got you. You're not gonna do that, but we need to have that kind of call to be able to, you know, and yeah. if we play that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do, yeah, we, do we abolish or do we just invade the police system in terms of what you were talking about earlier? Do we put, would, wouldn't it be better if we had more black faces in the police department, in the local police department, so we're policing our own neighborhoods? Well, I mean, no. Yeah, what, what what they what what another thing that I did read or somebody told me was that um, having communities, having like a community review board or something of the police themselves, mm. and this community is like people. The people in the community are actually people from the community, not like government people at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, no affiliation at whatsoever to the government, yeah. <laughs> because then like. If, if it was some sort of affiliation to the government of the people who are, uh, you know, reviewing the police, then there was still going to be some sort of um, corruption and stuff. That's so true. it has to be like a community-based review of the local police. That is something I think there that's being pushed, that idea right now, currently. And I think yeah. that would be that would be something great. Because I, first, I don't think they're going to defund the police. I mean, I LA, think, defund, I LA, LA they might do. The police. LA defunded the think, police by a couple of But couple federally, I don't think they will. I think what they will do is, um, I, I think they might like, you know, take like the big assault rifles and stuff away. But other than that, I don't, I don't think they will. I um, mean, LA is cutting it. A lot of these school, a lot of these cities are cutting their school district um, contracts with the, their local police officers. Yes. So there is people who are defunding it in, in kind of different ways, whether yeah. it's their income major institution yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. but i mean i'm for the idea that like we gotta not defund the police we have to abolish the police right but what what we need to have something to replace it this this what do you mean abolish we need to get rid of the police 100 percent. but we need to replace them with another system we need to move from police officers to peace officers highly trained people because right now we don't stop crime Police officers do not stop crime. Their jobs are not to stop crime. Their jobs are to respond to crime. I don't mm-hmm. want to live in a place where we're responding to crime. I want to live in a place that there is no crime, yeah. right? And so that's obviously a multi-tiered approach. But one approach is having local community safety public officers that play that role, who are highly skilled, who are highly funded, who are in the community and are the ones who are making sure that those communities are, you know, s- safe in their own right. 
that I think is way more functional than what we have right now. Because if we're just call and response, every time something happens, we're, we're behind the ball. We're just sweeping up. And you know, the crazy thing was, oh my God, I even forgot about this. This is so wild. Now that, I'm, now that I just said this, when I was balleting, I was at this event and I think La Jolla, it was this huge event. And I think they were raising funds for some crazy, huge organization. And Larry King was there. I'm gonna name drop that next. <laughs> and he was telling a story where he was like, I forgot how the story goes, but basically he was talking to a co- police commissioner or something, and some guy asked him, "How are we gonna How are we gonna stop crime?" And the guy was like, "Well, why would I want to stop crime? If I stop crime, I'll be out of a job, right?" Wow. And so it's again, it's a supply and demand, right? Mm-hmm. We are responding to crime, not stopping crime. Right, so obviously we're already behind the curve. Why are we trying to fix something to to clean up the messes versus uh, ensure we don't have a mess to begin with? To clean up, yeah. So again, we're not we're not saying let's have no kind of um, you know some type of uh, social contract with people who come and play mediator and can diffuse the situation and can um, remove people who are harmful to themselves or to others and who can play those roles in the neighborhood, right? But we cannot have people who drive an hour and a half to another neighborhood of people who don't like them to tell people of that neighborhood how they should treat others. Like, you know, those kind of systems already lead uh, lead up to, you know, so many things going wrong. And we're already seeing it go wrong because, again, it's not built for us to kind of be able to, to work around the system. Yeah, but that's, that's an interesting point because I think that has to do with the whole American model in general and yes. how we're so fixated on maintenance rather than prevention. You can look at it within the police department. You can look at it with uh, the medical. Uh, Absolutely medical. Because it's we're so focused on getting in so many people in terms of volume and then pumping them onto medication and then making them come back and get the refill on those medications. So oh. it's, I think it's just that structure, like you said, I think needs to be abolished like you said mm-hmm. in and in, in, in all aspects of it so um i think the only way to do this is separation and i think that's that's very controversial to say but it's the only reason why it's I, I, the only reason why it's controversial for us to say it in this manner is because we're speaking of black people separating koreans are able to do it everybody else is able to do it like we talked about earlier they have their own korea town they have their own banks their own hospitals own grocery stores but when black people say that they want to do that, they get bombed, mm-hmm. like Tulsa. And that, I don't know. What do you think about that? I think that we got to go a step further because I don't think we can separate and still survive underneath the system, right? We would be huddled. We would be able to make it to tomorrow, but we wouldn't be able to plan for the day after, right? So it's kind of this, I have the next step. My, my next step is okay, but my step after that might not be too certain, right? And so this system is, again, going to oppress us. I mean, like you said, when we have times where we did segregate and self-sustain ourselves, we were then destroyed. So Mm -hmm. separation works in theory, but not in actuality, because regardless, they're going to run up in our spots and let us know what's really good, right? Because this is their game, not our game. So we need to not change the rules of this game. We need a completely different game. We have to think, what is the purpose of a government, right? Is the government's job to ensure a quality? I mean, my hopes and envisionment of a, of a government is really a, is a, is a 
is an organization that ensures a high quality of life for the citizens, right? And that the citizens ensure a high quality of government for other citizens, right? It's this kind of like symbiotic relationship where it's for the people, by the, what is it? For the people, by the people, right? It's this kind of inter-community relationship. And so it, it, it doesn't make sense to have the strongest military in the world, but people don't want to read, right? It doesn't make sense to say you're pro-military, but you have homeless vets. We don't really like make those longer connections. We can't really say those things. We can't say all lives matter, right? And then have black people die and be like, right? And there's this disconnect. So a lot of times, I think we really don't understand how ignorant American people are, right? Vastly, vastly, right? Like we have a very terrible public schools education system, right? Failing, right? If you go to other countries around the world, teachers are getting paid six figures. You gotta get your master's. You gotta graduate top 10 in your school, right? Like if they're sharpening iron with the sharpest iron, right? So they're making sure because they're thinking, what's the next generation like? To preserve my country. That's yeah. patriotism. Patriotism is like, how can we make sure tomorrow we're still great, right? If you're great today, but you're not great tomorrow, that it's cool for today, but it doesn't work long-term. So we don't have systems that really play that. Even the way we do with like our, our environment, right? It's very short-sighted. We don't think the long-term game. And that's how the American system works. It's very short-sighted, it's very quick. Mm -hmm. It's very in and out, it's very in and out, very transactional, right? Cutting every corner as possible. And when you do that, the vast majority of people are gonna suffer from that. Mm -hmm. I have a question, Abhi. Um, in the informational age, what, what makes you think we're ignorant? You know why? Because we, we live in echo chambers. You, you know, it's, it's ironic. We're so, like you said, we're so connected, yet at the same time, we're so ignorant because we hear what we want to think, right? And so there was, I saw a TED talk by this one guy. Um, he was talking about how he infiltrated the alt-right and how he created a separate account and he built his algorithm to get all this kind of white nationalist news and information. Our information is going to look very similar, us, us five or us four. Um, and so it's going to look like very liberal, kind of um, pro-black, very kind of social and uh, social psycho psychological lens frame, very community, community, global lens. That's the framework we're having. But when you build the algorithm that is going to feed you one type of idea, I mean, like, so does ours, but that is the echo chamber so many people are in. So you can work in a world of false facts, right? So many people don't know how to how to decipher actual data, right? Mm -hmm. People don't know how to read statistics, right? They see a flashy sub uh, um, title and they think that's how. Boom! That's the thing. That's it. That, that's how science is how science <laughs> and, and and research is done, right? Like, oh, here's this quick line. No, like, do you did you read how this um, this survey was conducted? Did you read the sample? Do you understand what the uh, margin of error was? Do you understand the implications yeah. and how? Like, if you don't know how to do those things, and these are high-level critical thinking skills, the vast majority of people don't know how to do that. The vast That's majority taking stats right now. Listen, and now and I you, understand exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about, right? You have, you I didn't know what, what it was before this class right now. And exactly. on top of that, I, like, after all this, this, this whole situation has been happening, I have learned so much about the government, about law, in the past two weeks then i don't remember like in years whole life you know yeah my whole life almost Fair i'm enough. serious yeah. i didn't but, really but, know how things worked until now you know and that's that's another lack of education or it's just like an echo chamber what 
before. I don't know. I mean, but uh, but you all had this the, stuff wasn't you, happening. You had the skill set to decipher what is uh, what is quality research and um, quality facts okay. versus a lot of other people. So maybe you weren't you didn't have the resources those facts, but when you were given those, you could tell what have the ability to an ability to criticize to and take it, critique yeah, exactly. it and say what mm-hmm. makes sense and how does it apply. A lot of people could not do that, right? So what we're in the information age like Dawi said, but it's it's these quick lines, these zingers, right? right? What is what is catchy? What does it sell? You know, who's gonna click on this the fastest and the most? So when you live in that and you're not really um, you have access, but you can't really do anything with it. So, I, I mean, I want to come up with a, like a really cool metaphor to really describe it. I can't think of one right now, but Wait, yeah, it's just, it's just di- it's a dichotomy for real because it's like at the it's at your fingertips, right? Like you can really do it, but it's really the in the able the in the ability to take critical steps in our thought processes because right. again, many of us are ignorant. We just don't. We are not taught how to think critically. We we're not. We know how to regurgitate facts and numbers. That's what we we're taught in school, right? We're not really hammered in. How can you solve a problem holistically and think it, think it, think of it at each level, right? At a micro and a macro level. We don't know how to do that. Even those statistics, with all of that in consideration, they can be skewed as well, too. So absolutely. I mean, there was absolutely. a book. There's a book that Bill Gates was really hyping up about, like. It's called like statistics something about how you statistics can lie, right? They can be truthful, but the way you present it can be very, very misleading. Yeah, and so again, when you see a number, it's like, um, I'll give you an example. Like there was something that in the lines of like, uh, weed cures coronavirus, right? Yeah. But if you read it, right, it was like CBD oil for specific people under specific context, only a fraction of those somewhat had whatever, at this kind of, you know, it was so multi-tiered that that jump was so irrational. But what yes. what sells is hit this blunt, my nigga. You're gonna be Gucci. You're gonna be all right. right? You're, yeah. you're not gonna you're not trying to read this enzyme at, at this kind yeah. of level can affect yeah. certain demographics for this kind of, you know, you're not. And even and even, and even and even like less complex than that. I mean, I'm learning about it in, in class right now. Like you know the p-value, right? The p-value if. If something has a, a p-value of like less than 0. 0.05, then it's a significant finding. We yes. all know about that, right? Yeah. That is not true. That is absolutely not true. You have to look at other things, power or some some stuff like that, right? Where if you have a huge sample size, I'm talking if you have 1 million people in there, right? Uh, 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 a p-value of 0. 0.05 does not necessarily mean anything. You have to look at something else. So mm-hmm. if they... If, if say for example that that um, weed cures uh, coronavirus thing, right? If they had a million people and it says 0.05, they can put that. For and sure. people publish. There's a significant effect. But yeah, what yeah. you have to do is you have to go inside. You have to see. Okay, let me check the power. Let me check all this exactly. code. These whatever stuff, right? People don't know that. I don't, it's I very complicated. It's very complicated. It's just, it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not only does confirmation bias exist with the viewers of the statistics, but we need to remember that the people who create the statistics themselves are humans and they have confirmation bias as well, too. Exactly. So to get publication, exactly. to get accreditation, to get money, whatever it is, they are going to do whatever it takes to prove their yeah. certain biases. Absolutely. And, and as, as viewers, we assume just because they're like giving out the information, it's 100% true. Like we don't Absolutely. Need, you know, we just 
where the conception image of them is higher than it actually is. In my it's For like sure. the, the like the toothpaste. Like when you see it, it says number one dentist recommended. Yeah. Like if yeah. you have five dentists, a million dentists, <laughs> like how many did you ask? <laughs> but but there's That's a million it. different there's a million different toothpaste that will have that same exact claim. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's definitely like the ability to to claim one thing but not have any actual data or facts to back it up. Right. Yeah. But again, people could people don't know how to make that kind of leap and connection to say, let me read how the data is built out and their sample size and who the demographics was and how long was the studies made for and who was able to verify it and how many times it was, you know, like no one's doing that type of shit, right? But, you know, I love, I love, you know, Yasa always makes fun of me, but I love Facebook. Why? Because of all, all of my, all of my ratchet high school, they make it so alive for me. Like you cannot, Twitter is lit, but Facebook is where it's really getting live. I mean, so um, people post some of the wildest conspiracies, some of the wildest articles, which I can look at it in one second and tell it's a fake article. It's a Russian bot or I some like ironic thing. You know, something <laughs> wild, you know? And it's so funny, people will even post like articles from The Onion and be like, oh my God, this is so crazy. How could this happen? Like people don't have critical thinking skills and be able to tell what makes sense and what doesn't. And because we live in echo chambers, we want to hear more of what we believe, not less. And if anything, if I prove to Simone why he's wrong with information, it's, it's, he's only going to believe himself even more, mm-hmm. right? And, and th- how crazy is that, right? So the power of convincing people of something is very, very tactical. Not that many people have it. But the people who do have it are the ones who can really shift a narrative, a perspective, a decision, an outcome, and really kind of move the boat left or right. And that, that's really powerful. Yeah, man. I mean, we definitely are living in the the microwave generation. We just want everything immediately. Microwave mentality. For sure. So there's no delayed gratification. We want like instant gratification to satisfy curiosity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a problem too. With a uh, same thing with racism as well too. We're not born into this world as racist. It's because you're taught that. Socially stuff. conditioned. Yeah. Socially. Mm-hmm socially conditioned not only from your family but from the media 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 for sure and the the saddest thing about it is there's literally niggas out there collecting checks for promoting the degradation of black women out there literally there's literally niggas out there making music giving white supremacy a hand opening the door to them to disrespect our women black women are the most disrespected demographic in america I want to put like a little bit on that. I mean, the the, the delegation of black women, absolutely. I want to say more so music because I think that's a reflection of, of our social conditioning. But there is people who are collecting legit checks for like a Candace Owen, right? Like she's collecting a legitimate check to continue the propaganda of white um, supremacy, right? There's people who are who are strategically, like a lot of these rappers are just ignorant. Right, and they were raised and molded by misogyny, homophobia, sexism, internalized black, uh, anti-blackness, um, ra- internalized racism. They're all of themselves are um, combating that internally and externally, and a lot of that music is going to be reflected in that. But we see people who are legitimately thought leaders who are now like there's a, there's a, these weird twins I always see on Facebook, like these grown ass black twins. The hot twins. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch your videos because I just know they're super wild, but I've played the, through uh, some of that stuff a little bit. And, but, you know, these niggas are collecting. And I think a lot of people do not believe what they say. You know what I'm saying? They they don't. But they're collecting a nice bag to throw niggas underneath the bus. You know what I'm saying? Because part of white supremacy is using blackface, right? Not just on white people, but blackface on black people. On black, exactly. Right? And so you come in as like, hey, Explain I'm black that. too. So it's like, it's like, I can, because I'm black, I can now have some legitimacy of why I can speak upon the themes of white supremacy, right? I can now make it make more sense because I'm black, right? I can now say, yeah, Black Lives Matter, it doesn't, isn't really a thing, right? And I, and that's real because I'm black. I can say that, I'm a black person. I've earned that, you know, right? To, mm -hmm. Just because yeah, you can yeah. say some shit does not mean it's legitimate, it's not factual, it's not real. And because you're black does not mean it all it, it elevates that anymore, right? Mm -hmm. um, especially if you're wrong, right? Mm -hmm. it, it elevates it if you're talking about some real shit, but if you're talking nonsense, if anything, it, it hyper degrades it. Um, and so we see a lot of people who are collecting a big bag. Those two black women who are like those Madea looking niggas, they're collecting a nice check. A lot of these people are wood, and that's the same thing of like, it's, it's, a, it's a slave master um, plantation mentality. House right? It's that divide, it's a house nigga. Like, I, you know, I love that scene in Django where like, oh, Django, he was yeah. talking, and he was like, I, he, he shaves me every day. I'm not tripping. I'm not tripping on God. He don't do nothing, my nigga. 50 years, Pop's not tripping. Me, I'm not tripping. Oh no, Massa really good to me. Massa, he know. <laughs> I love you, Massa. And Massa's good. He gives me the skin off his chicken every time. <laughs> so if Massa asked me to go see what the niggas is doing outside, Ooh, trust and believe I'm going to tell master. You know, so when we have, yeah, we have a bunch of juggable niggas, right? And I don't like using the C word, right? Um, and not, and not the I'll American. use it for your coons, Stan. Cool. I don't like to say yeah. it. What the I'm heck? very like, you know what I'm saying? But really, some of these niggas is really big, big seeing it right now. So, but that bag will really get you. And that's how white supremacy will use capitalism to force you to play these roles, right? Where you, you know, you'll dance for them, right? Like dance for mm -hmm. nigga. And so you'll do it, right? And because we want, we have this want to have white validity. Like we want white people to see us as people. Why do I need a white nigga to tell me I'm a human being? I'm not waiting for you to acknowledge my, if you don't acknowledge it, I'm gonna acknowledge it for myself. And then if you're gonna try to tread on my humanity, I'm gonna tread on yours, right? And it has to be some push and pull if that's gonna be the case, but I don't need you to let me know what's really good. I need to know what's really good, right? And I need to let my people know what's really good. Because if I'm letting, if I'm waiting for you to teach me, you're gonna teach me what you want to teach, not what I need to learn, right? Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's yeah. my argument for separation too. Like, why are we so adamant on fighting, on getting back into the slave master's house and sitting at a table where we're not wanted when we can just build our own home? Absolutely. I mean, again, but I think, again, that goes back to my point I said earlier, it's like separ separation has to happen after the larger system is toppled, right? You have to mm -hmm. replace the system founded. We need a new constitution. We need a new uh, 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 declaration. No, I, don't, I don't think we need a new constitution. There's two constitutions already. One through 12 is for white supremacy. Then we got 13 through 15 for us. 
But I mean, that's what I'm saying. So it's already tainted. We need to start from scratch where it's not like, hey, we're, we're going to add on to some white supremacy shit. We don't need to add on. We don't need to tag our stuff to something that other niggas don't want us to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't need to be like, let me add some rules to your rule book. Like you said, with 1 through 15 is for white supremacists. Why would I want to add some rules for, for, for me in that? That book is not for me, my nigga. Those rules, I could I have to write at least 15 more rules to negate your 15 more rules. Assuming that those rules would be able to outweigh the rules that you had to play and play before my rules. Right? So, again, we... How do you, how do you think we're going to force that? Listen, how do you think we can force that? Listen, happen? empires fall all the I don't say all the time, but throughout history, and I don't want to seem like a revolutionist or whatever, but we see if we take a huge historical look, right? History Perfect. like the greatest civilizations rise and they, they they push the envelope and the world changes because of them, right? America has been, is and will always be that in history. But the longevity of of America that is built off of white supremacy that will always be in every way, in every fiber of his being for white land-owning Christian males can never then somehow be equitable. Mm-hmm. Do you think Do you think it would be easier, say in 2040 or 2050 when the majority of the people are not white, when whites are the minority? They're, no, they're, they're not gonna not be white, they'll just be more brown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. Again, yeah. brown people, shout out to my brown people and it's all left for them but they're holding it down by the numbers too they have they got the block is hot I don't know how how ownership is in the Hispanic community um, but they are they have numbers right and so what they have is they they definitely have um, what's it called flow of an economy internally and internationally right we know that immigrants basically fund other countries you know what I'm saying Niggas are out here are working, working four or five dollars and living with eight other niggas and funding their whole family in a tribe back home. And that's how most of this GDP in that country is running. And that's, you know what I'm saying? We know that there's buying power in us. We just don't know how to hyper-focus it. The, the benefit of white people is that they don't have to be super organized because they outnumber us. If half yeah. white people decide to do something, that's way more than us. If a quarter yeah. of white people decide to do something, that's way more than us. If, yeah. us you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. they, we don't have the luxury of being spread out, right? Mm-hmm. They have the luxury of being in any in every corner of the country and just being there. And by being there, it already brings level of privilege and mm-hmm. resources. Mm-hmm. Like I was listening to some NPR thing about mm-hmm. this lady telling her life about life how she wants to be a scientist or something and how her mom was at this dinner party with someone that coincidentally worked at this hyper university that she ended up getting, you know, connected with. And she was like, oh my God, so many crazy coincidences led me there. And I'm like, no lady, you are a white woman who have resources with people who have resources and that community allowed you to excel in the thing that you wanted to do. We don't got that, right? And so, they can be any and everywhere and be hyper-connected to literally anyone by their whiteness because they're white. Right? That already gives them a passport to move into a lot of spaces that we ain't got. And ask how many niggas there are, how often a day are you hyper-vigilant of your blackness? Especially in public. You know you a nigga every moment you're walking outside. Every single day, man. You, you feel like a nigga every time you're outside. Yep. You know what You know, You know. know what happened in my, one of my classes the other day? I think it was um, the, uh, 
uh, maybe the Wednesday after um, George Floyd got killed. Um, or maybe the week after, I don't remember. Anyway, there's this old, um, older, I would say white lady, maybe in her 50s or something, right? Um, in my class. And mind you, this is on Zoom, obviously. And she's living in Phoenix, Arizona, what are the odds? And, um, and she was like, you know, in the beginning of class, the teacher let us talk, say something if we wanted to about the situation and what's going on. Um, and she was like, I'm just so appalled, like, this whole time for how many years, you know, it's kind of like we forgot that this was still a problem. Um, and then I, and when she was finished, I was like, I mean, I understand. I, I respect you. I respect your, your, your opinion or not opinion, but like, I, I can see how you see that or you feel that way, that it has been, you know, it, it, racism is not here anymore because we haven't really seen it. But I'm black, I'm tall, I'm dark skinned. Like, I am reminded every single day. I never forget mm. that racism is still around. Like, you're, you're, like, I didn't say it to, to, like, this directly at her, but I was like, the thing that upsets me is not that this thing happened. It's that I'm not surprised that this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm not surprised that he got killed the way he got killed. I'm not surprised that the cop was still chilling at home after he did that, you know? Um, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry. Did I cut you off, Abby? I forgot. No, you're right. No, I, I think I mean, only thing we're only, the only thing we're allowed to never forget is 9-11 in America, bro. It's straight up. Hello. Straight up. Whenever it comes to 9-11, it's never forget. But whenever it comes to slavery or, oh, that was 400 years ago. Move on. You know, you're living in a nice house in the suburbs. You know, you're doing well for yourself. You know, look at Jim down the street. You know, he's, it's like, <laughs> come on, bro. Like, that's like me wearing it. Like, there's this funny meme that's going around uh, people saying, when 9-11 comes, I'm going to wear a shirt that says, all buildings matter. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you can't play that double entendre. Like, it doesn't work, bro. Like, yeah. we're reminded of, like you said, every single day we're reminded of it. When I go into a grocery store, whether I like it or not, subconsciously, there is this thing called double consciousness. I am aware of how people are perceiving me in the moment being a black man in that environment yeah. or whatever institution that I'm in. A white man walks in there, regardless of his financial status, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. He walks in and he's there to accomplish what he was there to accomplish. <laughs> but for us, we have other things that are impeding in our uh, psychology as we're in those institutions. So that's, that's another thing I wanted to address too, is a lot of people love to bring up that white privilege is a myth. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys want to get into that. Can you speak on that, Abi, or uh, yeah, or Dawit? I mean, again, it's about who, what game are we playing, right? If you build, if you, if you're trying to, if you build a game, you're going to probably most likely be at, as human nature is, you're going to build it so you can win, right? And so the game is, the name of the game is win for a certain type of people, right? And so when you have a system like that, of course, you're going to have, you're going to privilege those people who made that game. Yeah. Right, and so there would be no white privilege in America if, if it was only white people, right? And that and that's where that's where it gets kind of shaky. Someone was bringing up before about how the construct of race was used to have poor white sub, sub, uh, Serbian white people not team up with slaves to overtake the master because they were white, they weren't a nigger, 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm poor. Yeah, I don't have any land. Yeah, I don't have any freedoms. But at least I'm not a nigga, <laughs> right? And so you can use race as a way to, you know, how many how many of these poor, uneducated white people vote for, vote against their interests every time there's an election, local? But they vote. They vote the hell yeah. every. Not one person takes one seat in their city or district or their state that they personally did not vote for or campaign for. White middle-aged women, especially. Exactly. The irony, especially for those white men, is sometimes they're voting against themselves a lot of times. But again, it's because whiteness needs to say, I need to align myself with a certain group to ensure that I have at least more rights. Right? And so, you're again, you're going to have... Like, what happened with... We have to think back uh, historically. The... the um, What's it called? The, the founding fathers they felt like they were oppressed by the crown, right? So these were white, these were white niggas like, oh, these other white niggas trying to tell us what to do, B? Yeah. Like, nah, nah, yeah. like, they're tripping, B, right? So esca- they, they escalated, they escalated, they escalated. Obviously we had the independent war, right? The independence war. And so we see that when people, even if we take out like any other kind of social construct, we saw what one group of people who felt oppressed and they were to the degree what they did, they started a whole ass new country, right? They, 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 so sometimes we feel like, oh my God, a new system sounds so crazy, right? But new systems happen all the time. Like how many times do these African countries need to start a new, new constitution, right? Yeah. Every couple, every couple of 15 years, a country got a new yeah. constitution. Straight up. A, new, a country got a, a North and a South, you know what I'm saying? And they got a new constitution. So Bro. <laughs> it's not, it's not hyper crazy. Listen. America before it became off of these states was owned by France, was owned by England, it was owned by Portugal. It was all pieces too, right? Yep. And so the the people here that decided to identify with a different type of whiteness from European whiteness and say, we have our own version of whiteness and we're gonna protect this version of whiteness. And they expanded mm-hmm. their, their reach. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so those are those are all historical con- uh, like historical um, levels and context that we have to take when we think of why we are in the situation that we're in, right? Mm-hmm. Black people had to migrate north, and then they had to migrate Midwest, and they had to migrate West Coast, right? There's always this ping-ponging effect, and every time you leave a little bit of black people everywhere there, but again, there's no uniformity, right? You have mm-hmm. a, you have the DMV area, but we see that it's becoming diluted. We have Atlanta, but I mean, I mean they're really big, you know, the Wakanda this time, but we don't have any, LA is not black like it used to be. You know what I'm saying? The Bay is not black like it used to be. Chicago's not as black as it used to be. Like all these Brooklyn. like Brooklyn, Brooke, New York is not. Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not as high for black as it used to be. Where again, those times where money you could only go to another black person for your needs. So, so you, I'm sure. you had a forced economy that you had to invest in each other, and that's why you see. How do you see like in the 1920s, niggas with cars are off bat? Because they were spending the money they had with other black people. And that money, it wasn't like we couldn't get goods or resources. It wasn't, it was that we couldn't get the white people's goods and resources. Because what happened is we made mm-hmm. our own goods and resources. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, these are not things, we, it's not like we've never done these things. And it's not like these things are impossible. It's just this system right now has such a strong hold that it just feels like it's such a lofty goal. Right, but it was lofty for those white niggas to say we're gonna start a democracy for us. It was a lofty for them, but they pulled it off. 
right? And that's because tea got expensive. So if niggas get mad over tea, we we, we got a lot more to, to go to get mad. Lives are more expensive than tea, man. At the end of the day. Oh, so if a nigga just starts, you know, the world's greatest democracy in, in the history of the world over a spilled tea, I'm saying I think we got a lot more uh, a lot more in us to, to to build upwards. In, you know what I'm saying? I might even go a little bit more extreme and say you got to cut us a little land. You know what I'm saying? Cut us a little land, forty acres, a little border. No, I mean we need a whole different. Hit us with a border, my nigga. We need yeah. a whole corner. You know what I'm saying? Give us something. You gotta move everyone else out. Like Native Americans, bro. Yeah, I mean, like how they have their you own know reservations. What? You had, it's tough because they have a reservation in their own country. You know what I'm saying? So that really is their. Oh, okay. so you know, it's it's a tough dichotomy. But for us, I think either Africa needs to give black people a a country. Or the United States needs to cut a little country, and, or a territory—not even territory. We need a little. We need a black. Why country. would Africa have to do it? It's not their not responsibility. Not have to. Not it's have the, to. It's the responsibility of the United States. Of course, and it could be in a collaboration with them. But I think there needs to be a, a, a level of homecoming that really can, because then this is part of the supremacy of our people. It has to be the the flow of our resources. You know, there's only five percent of domestic or international tra uh, trade within Africa. We only trade 5% within us, right? Again, we have to have a centralized power, right? The EU is strong as shit because all these small, strong as shit countries came together to be stronger than they were before, right? Mm -hmm. So we need that level of unity. We don't we don't have any like, you know, like if you ever see a power hose, why it works so well is because there's a lot of like direct force to it, right? Like, you know, there's water lasers, like niggas cutting rocks with water, right? Because it's not that water in itself, like splashy water is going to cut that shit. But with enough power and focus towards it, you're going to be able to cut out any type of, you know, any, any type yeah. of yeah. Um, thing. So that's the kind of longer term, 100 year goal that we need to do. Where like we need Even, to take Acon's thing and, and quadruple 100 multiplied across the continent. We need to start our own trains that come through every country. We need to have a unified. Um, dollar, we have to have a unified currency. We need to have all these kind of things where it's pro-black, pro-Africa, pro-Africa, pro-us, and that's the only way you're truly gonna fight and defeat white uh, white supremacy. And and it's I, not, I it's not integration. I agree, it's not. I agree with Yafet though. How he said it's America's responsibility, not Africa's. Absolutely. Of course, but, but I mean, they, I think they, people saying, forget that Africans were here before white people ever came here. It's their responsibility, but like, am I gonna wait for a white nigga to do something, or am I gonna do something? Well, I'm and, talking about your long-term goals, though. You said long-term goals, right? Yes, and, and there has to be a level a level of collaboration, right? Where we get there's level of an African reparations, right? A black reparations on a global scale, yeah, on an international yeah. scale. That all plays a part. Of course, it's not like we're taking our ball and going home. Yes, we're doing that, but you gotta come home too because you made the ball dirty. You gotta clean that shit up. Yeah. So there's a level of responsibility on white people, of course, I, I would say. And so, you know what I'm saying? With Germany, they did a good time. Like, they did, they they were really progressive. Like, they really called out the bullshit that were on. They're like, yo, we, we we was tripping. We was big, big tripping. And we cannot be tripping like this no more. And this is what, what we're going to do so we don't trip like this. Some niggas still tripping over there, but we're not really involved with it. We don't have that. We don't, some people don't even acknowledge racism. Yeah. <laughs> Some people, some people still think colorblind is a is a is a positive uh, is a positive phrase. Some colorblind is saying I want to be ignorant. What is it that you said, Simone? Some people still think that white supremacy is a myth. 
Yeah. Straight, no, white privilege. White privilege. Bro, I was even listening to a, a podcast, I think it was today, where they were talking about literally that thing, how some white people think that uh, uh, white privilege is a myth. And the the argument that they use is that they say like, okay, well, look at Jaden Sanch- Smith, right? Um, Will Smith's son. His father has a lot of money. His parents have a lot of money. And so if you compare him to a, a poor white kid who has the, you know, who's going to probably succeed in life? Who has the better probability? You're going to say Jaden, right? And he's black. But the thing is, that's not exactly what it is. It's if Gen 2 are walking together into a store or not even if a cop comes, who is the cop most likely to walk past to get to the other person? He's more likely to walk past the poor white kid to get to this rich ass black kid, right? And that's yeah, yeah. I was. I mean, we even interesting to to think to listen to that. We see that even in real estate. Like we saw, like there's the the numbers. There's lots that showing that poor white people are more likely to get a home loan and even a bigger home loan than a rich black person. Exactly. Right. A more qualified, someone who has more credit, more um, down payment, more uh, a better um, job is is in a higher social class is less likely to get it than a poor white person, right? That's mm-hmm. privilege, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that you could, it's not that, that the house was free. Like, my nigga, you still gotta pay for it, duh. We're not how saying about the that. Fact, how about this, the, this, the simple fact that schools are funded by property taxes? Absolutely, okay. this is, I think, and I think. Redlining, basically, is what I'm, exactly. I'm trying to get at. Yeah. There's this idea that like white, white privilege, privilege is this like level of like kind of white, socialism that everything's free for you when like you walk by the store and you just picked up an apple and just kept walking that's what people have this idea of white white privileges is like i i literally can do anything that there's no law for me that's not what white privilege is is that you have the benefit of not having the full weight of your consequences put upon you and, and an additional level of of um i don't even say consequences but a level of additional uh, an additional level of pressure on you for um, circumstances that you are not or have no power in, right? And so I have no power in my race because race is a social construct that you built to oppress me. I cannot change the rule of the game because you set the rules of that game, right? I, I'm not the referee. I'm just the player of your game, right? I can never, you can never, like when you see basketball, when like there's a foul, they yell at the ref, you try to convince them, hey, do this, do this. Sometimes the, the ref might listen, right? But the ref calls them calls the rules of the game period uh, the, the the player never has equal say as the ref never has equal say they might sway the ref they might be angered by the ref and we see what happens sometimes when the, when the ref is on bs we see players what they explode right it's a very simple kind of understanding that the game and, and i keep saying the game is not rigged the game is rigged for us to lose right the game get the they win the more we lose Right. So I actually, this is something. I mean, this thought never came to me until now. Like it's a new thought, but I mean, I mentioned it earlier. Twenty fifty, right? The demographics of the U.S. is going to change a lot. Let's let's go ahead and say, I don't know what to say. Twenty one hundred, right? Eighty years from today, the demographics of the U.S. is going to change a lot. What do you guys think? Like, is this white supremacist system still going to be? preferred I, th- I think most it's, uh, of the people are like not white it's, a blending, it's gonna be a blending of white and brown 
right? That yes. That yes. Versus absolutely. Black people absolutely. Are, but are like, think about it. But think about it though. When somebody is half white, half Mexican, half white. I mean, this is just people I know. Half, or like half white and half black. There's a lot of a lot of. Do they say I'm white. Do they say I'm pro white? They, are they saying they can be saying written off? Matter or are they saying Black Lives Matter? They can be written off as white. Yeah, so and you can. Be they can, be, they yes. can be written off as white, sure, but like them themselves, right? Yeah. Are they saying, like, oh yeah, well, sure, my mom's black, but my dad's white, so um, all lives matter. I don't care about the Black Lives Matter movement. There's I don't care of, to learn about it. Like, no, there's a lot of like, if we're talking about, because remember, we're saying there's a browning, not a blackening of America, right? So there's a blending of white and brown. There's a lot of anti-blackness in the Hispanic community. There's a lot of love, for sure. But there's a lot, I've seen a lot of, a lot of my, my Mexican friends calling out other Mexicans for them saying a lot of ignorant and racist things, right? So are you, are you saying it's the white supremacy is probably going to turn into brown supremacy? No, it's still going to be white, white supremacy, supremacy, but white supremacy, yeah, white supremacy is still going to be, uh, is going to be fueled by its anti-blackness, right? So it's going to be a, 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 a tanner, brown, it's going to be a tanner white versus a brown person where, you know, niggas, eat, niggas are speaking Spanish all the time and, you know, very, like, just like how it is in the hood, it's not going to, we're not going to see the block, America turning into the block, where it's all these tamales and all, like, you know, like how it is mm. in my neighborhood, it's very Mexican in San Diego, right? And so it's you have a very present that. But I also know there's neighborhoods of like three or four or five generation Hispanic people or Mexican people who are very Americanized and even identify as white, right? They they were like, oh yeah, my great grandpa is is Mexican. Oh my grandma, my great grandma, or even my grandma is Mexican. My dad and mom were born here and they're Mexican and I'm full Mexican, but identify more as a white because that's how whiteness will kind of wash over them, right? So I think there's you're gonna see that. You, I don't think I don't think you're gonna see white supremacy kind of dissipate because there's more quote unquote brown people. It would just that uh, it's gonna be like just the the one percenter is gonna be smaller, right? It's just gonna be less white people, but it's not gonna be less white privilege or white um, supremacy. If that makes sense. It's like you know what is that? Ga- what is that? Hunger Hunger Games or it's like District One? Like there's probably not that many niggas living in District One, but there was hella niggas in all these other districts, right? It wasn't that District One was no longer the strongest. Like man to man, you could they couldn't really run the fade, but they had enough equipment, enough power, and enough leverage to still suppress the vast majority. So mm-hmm. I think we're gonna see that. We'll, we might see a minor a minoritization of the white man, but it's just gonna be hyper hyper privileged in that. So okay, that makes sense. I, I, I think uh, white supremacy is not attached to a certain color or gender, but at the same time, the only color that it sees is black as an opposition. So there's black but, people yeah. under op- white supremacy, there's Latinos under white supremacy, there's uh, members of the LGBTQ community that are under white supremacy, women under white supremacy. So. I think um, kind of taking our conversation into what are we going to do next? I think we need to be more adamant and assertive in our demands. I think that we need to stop this watered down um, requests that we have of like, whenever they say minority to us, we're like, all right, cool. They're for us. Like not minority includes white women. People need to realize that. There is a government program that does business loans to women and minorities, right? They lump that in together, right? So yeah. absolutely, again, 
who is a target audience in America? White land owning males, right? Christian. Anyone else is considered a minority. Yes. Right. And so even even when um, even when the, the voting act, when women were fighting for voting, right? White women were like, we're not voting, um, fighting for voting for all women. We're fighting for voting of white women, right? Black women were like us too. They're like, nah, nigga. Black women been yelling me too, and white women were like, nah, nah, we're good. So yeah, absolutely. There's that. There's there has to be a distinction between the black community, black people, African Americans, African, whatever you want. You know, kind of lump those together as, but there has to be again a hyper focus. Again, we lack actual physical bodies, presence, numbers. So because we do that, our our strategies have to be even that much higher, right? Yeah. It has to be that much smarter. It has to be that much more intricate. It has to be that much more considerate of all these other do need, layers. Do we need a leader? I, I, I one single leader? We don't need one single leader. We do need, we need leaders? leaders? Who do we have now? Leaders. I mean, have a lot of the only ones we in. have after, the, the only ones we had was uh, MLK and, and Malcolm X and they got murdered i but mean let's be, but let's be real too like it's not because niggas don't want to be leaders because niggas who lead gets knocked out so yes, that's part I of my supremacy too so now with this climate right where white supremacy is being unveiled to the to to the world right do we need a leader right now or leaders to, to to push for what we have to do next to push to demand I, I think we need to stop waiting for leaders I think that's our biggest problem it's always where are the Black Panthers where's the Nation of Islam where's our new Malcolm X like it starts with us as well too we can boycott these companies that are anti-black it starts with us because the consumer controls the market you know so if we stop funding these companies that are anti-black and we know they're anti-black then that is one step that we can take on, on top of that we can educate ourselves in terms of financial literacy as well too instead of as soon as we get a white coat or we become a lawyer or we get doctor added to our name and moving to a suburb and completely forgetting where we came from like mm-hmm. Abhi said we need to start moving back into those communities and um, diversifying and mm-hmm. um, I think we need to start opening up businesses in the hood as much as possible it's a lot easier said than done, but I think it's time for us to stop waiting for people to lead us and lead ourselves. I mean, let me tell you, That's in Baltimore, nigga, you can buy a whole block. They will sell a nigga the whole neighborhood in one. It's not you, but you know that's how that's how accessible can be, and that's how we have to be in, intentional in doing those things. Where it's like, oh, we're going to take this neighborhood up, right? Because. That's what happened with every other ethnic group that comes in and integrates or uh, immigrates or moves into America is that they take their little, they take their corner and and, and, they, and they, they keep their elbows up and make sure no one tries to plow in. And so there has to be that ability to come together, like you said, and have that physical presence and economic presence that is mobilized. I think that I want to say- What are the things I, we have to demand for? abolish the system I think we have to demand for a new system a new system that's equitable and that I mean because it's gonna be this either we have two systems and and, and when they say no not if they say no when they say no I mean you gotta listen there has never been any political change where niggas ask 
people in power to have their power. You know what I'm saying? That's like if you were rich and I, and I was poor and I was like, yeah, can I have all your money? Are you going to say yes? You're not going to say yes to that. Right? No. So I'm going to have to run up in your pockets real fast to make sure I get exactly. that money then if that's the case. But I think, again, like... So... You could, you could argue for two systems. Like, hey, again, like, if America was like, hey, we'll give you this, this parcel of land for all black people and you have your own countryhood, that might work and we kind of have that kind of... So Dynamic, going back, but... going going back to the, the how the Native Americans were giving the their their land, the same type of thing. I mean, because like, yeah, I mean, them, I mean what are they called again? The, they Native have reservations. Americans? Their reservations are yeah. literally policed by them. They have their own laws. For sure, like, they do. Yeah, but they, but America doesn't yeah. really respect them in its totality because they, yeah, America be going that bullshit when it comes to really the people in the territories because. They have their own autonomy. I don't know about that, bro. You no, can't, you, they can't. America can't arrest me if I'm in if I'm in the reservation. And they have the, they have a level of autonomy, but America and this local um, the local authorities of that around those um, areas that are not in the tribal areas, mm-hmm. they really be pushing the line a lot of times. And so we see a lot of times where they don't get the federal funding or the support from the local um, municipalities. And there's a there's a lot of contentious relationships with with those reservations and the surrounding okay. community. So okay. it does sound good, like it was a good idea for them. Like, hey, here's your own spot, but you know, it's it's this idea of separate but equal. You know what I'm saying? So you can never have separate but equal. We, we can't really have that. Yeah, it, it has to be. So I mean, it has. So to then, be it, a, so then, it can be two systems. It has to be a new system. Period. I I would argue for that, and then you could have self segregation in that new system. But it has to be a system that's equitable for all people, and then all people can run that race, right? I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to like, like play it out, right? We demand for that. It will, they will not say yes. Then what? Just like you said, you know, what you I'm saying? Just, my nigga, it's don't get crazy yelling for some <laughs> revolution, my nigga. But, no, but like, is it going to get to that? It, like, I mean, like, it, I'm not saying it's going to get to that today. Tomorrow, what is that going to look in the future? Like? It could be a thousand years from now. American supremacy can reign for a thousand years now. We could be the new intergalactic Dark Vader no kind of resistance. Is there no other way? You cannot tell people to give me what you got because I because the way you have it. Is, um, okay, me. let me rephrase it. My bad. Is there another way of Like, say, you know, we're demanding for a new system and they're going to say no. We're not just, we can't just go to war. So, I mean, Me, I'm saying we, have, we should, I'm saying, don't get me wrong. I'm saying we should definitely demand a new system. But then how are we going to go about, like, it's, I feel like it's going to take a while. We're going to have to uh, play what we, uh, our, our hand, play our cards or whatever the phrase is um, in the system while we have now, right? And then... I mean, we could take the approach gonna, that how, how we can take this. We can take the approach we've been taking where we're chiseling at the system, and yeah, we have a chisel here and a rock falls, and a couple of years later, we have a chisel there and another rock falls. But is like, that the other, we the are other... taking the L while that happens, right? It's like yes, no one else exactly. is. No one else has this loss of investment, or you know, we have a negative return on investment as Black people in America, right? So we are we gonna keep trying to fight to get to zero, and then go up. Like, we have to really decide what do we really want. And again, I'm not going to sit here and play out what the new revolutionary war will look like because they're watching right now. 
So listen, literally, they're literally they are literally listen, we got, right now. We got a Middle Eastern immigrant. We got uh, East African immigrant. We got two children of immigrants. It's just not. It's just. It's just too crazy. But um, yeah, if we see if, again, take the take the huge historical um, perspective. Dynasties rose and they fell, and American dynasties were those. And again, I'm I'm pro democracy. Not not to say that I'm not. I'm anti-white supremacist government dynamic. Sure. I'm against a two-party tier system that does not yeah. make sense and does not work. Of course, right? We need a democracy that is equitable. We don't need to change this democracy. We need a new version of democracy, right? We need. I think it's. I think every citizen should have mandatory voting. It should be mandatory that you vote. That would be uh, exquisite. Other countries, other countries, you don't vote, you get it, you get ticket. Are you serious? Yes, they will find you for not voting. It's like jury duty, like they're not playing. But the Shout reason, out to them, the bro. reason why we don't do that is because when people decide, it's usually going to be to left-leaning policies, right? And it's going to be more that inclusive kind of. That's why they're trying to take away black vote, man. And that's why, like right now, Donald Trump does not what? want uh, uh, in-home. What is it? Mail-in ballots. He don't want yes, that because of if everyone is gonna vote from home, then there's gonna be hell and niggas voting. And guess who's exactly. not gonna win? Exactly. So we know we know why when people vote. Think, why else do you think they? If you're a felon, you can't vote. Listen, because they know that most of the people who are gonna go to prison are black people, so they're taking away your vote. In fact, I think in Florida they they just um, they they made a new law where it says that convicted felons after they get out are able to vote, and they just repealed it. Not so. Yeah, no. Florida. No, but I thought that they 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 got it back into it in Florida. So they were trying to repeal it. Yeah, I think they're trying to. Re- I think they're repealing it again, trying to get it back in. I, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But that's that's yeah. just to tell you that they are trying to take away the black vote. Which is why I, yeah. I still can't understand why some people are like, you know, I, this system is not for us, which it is not. So I'm not going to vote. I mean, that, that, comes, out of a, that comes out of a frustration because again, how do we even, I, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories, but how do we even legitimize our votes? How do we know these votes are legitimate? True. You know what I'm saying? Very true. The game is not for you, my nigga. No, Very true. It's like, it's like when you play with your little brother and you give him unconnected controller. No one gives a damn if you're playing the game. Just sit down and just don't get mom to come in here. I don't need mom to come in here. Tell him, yeah, mom, we're playing. He's, he's good, mom. He's good. Just eat a snack. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about, right? So you got the controller. You're like, oh, X, Y. You know what I'm saying? You hit that shit. You pull the trigger. And you feel like, oh, you're doing that shit. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you're not really connected. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's like we have yeah. to... Like, you know, I don't know if you guys know about I mean, sure. Hey, you guys know about let me just say this, bro. Let me just say this. You said what? Gerrymandering. Gerrymandering is hella crazy, my nigga. What gerrymandering. Yeah, that's, like when they, that's like when they cut. It's, it's kind of like the red lining of voting. So they cut the districts. In, they cut lines by by race and socioeconomic status to make sure that they both lean most. I mean, both left and right. They, they've been doing it both on both sides. But it's heavily on the left they're doing it. Or I'm sorry, excuse me, on, uh, conservatives are doing that, where they'll cut out county lines. So when you vote in local elections, the the numbers are always going to be in benefit for Republican candidates. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, Democrats have been doing it too, but it's been a lot more on the Republican side. But again, mm-hmm. 
two-party system does not work. So it's it's it's, it's a which master are we serving? Are we ma- are we serving the nice master or or the one who beats us? You're still a slave, but the one who lets you sleep inside. One thousand percent. You might You're feel a little more right. comfortable. He don't. You're a thousand. He don't, he don't rape you right you know, all the time. All the time, but. You Listen, know. you're a thousand percent right, but I do have to say this. If you decide not to get your ass up and vote in November and Trump wins, I don't want to hear you say anything bad about Trump. I don't want to hear you talking about me tweeting. specifically? Are you talking no, about the, not you. The anybody. General, I don't yeah. care who you are. If you, if For you, sure. If you, if For you sure. don't get up and, and vote and Trump goes into office, I don't want to hear you complaining about Trump is being stupid. Trump is doing that. I don't want you tweeting nothing about it. I swear. But, but let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. We have to look at the numbers again. White people, like, okay, let me tell you what Bernie Sanders, we were all big fans of Bernie Sanders, right? Bernie Sanders' biggest problem was he thought he could convince people who never voted to vote, okay? He, his, his goal was to convince first-time voters to vote for him. Republicans are convincing people who always vote to vote for them, right? Bro. And again, Bro. when you have people who are by the hundreds of millions more than you are, you know, when you're only 16%, if half the white people vote one way, you're already beat out. If a quarter of white people vote one way, you're already beat out. It's a numbers game, right? And so they already gonna have the sway of what benefits them the most, whether that's Republican or Democrat. Mm-hmm. Bro, yeah. Right, whether, whether that's Obama or, how many, there's hell, it, it blew my mind when I learned this. There was hella niggas who voted for Donald, who voted for Obama, who also voted for Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of people, and there was a lot of people who say, and they're like, you know what? I don't really like him, but you know, his, so they understand that there's a level of privilege that they'll take with having him in power, and they ignore some of the raw raw because they don't. That doesn't affect them directly, right? Increased militarization of the police is not in their neighborhoods. Yeah. So when he says that, rough them up. If your teenage son is not getting roughed up, why skateboard down the street smoking a J? Like he's not, he's not gonna get, he's not gonna get, you know, beat up by the police by that time, right? He might get a, a warning from the neighbors, or maybe they might tell him to to throw that away. But that encounter is gonna be so different. So I think, and that goes back to the echo echo chamber idea that we are not everywhere in America as black people. So there's places where there is no niggas, there is no black folks, right? And when you're only with white people and you have white skin and you have a white family and you live in a white community you're gonna address white issues and you should rightfully so because you're a white person you gotta worry about what happens in your life but we don't have that same urgency or understanding or eagerness to say what is our underlining deliverables that we need right now we're seeing a lot of defund the police and a lot of ideas floating around but we don't have a five point seven point demand to say here's our specific tangible goals that we need in this timeline and that's the that's the hard part of when we don't have a unified voice to say, here's what I need. If you want these buildings to stop burning, we need this by now. This is a negotiation yeah. versus I'm upset, which you should be upset and you should let that be known. But what are what is gonna stop you from being upset? You being out there or the things from those things not happening again? Yeah, I actually have a question for y'all. Um, was slash is integration a mistake? Again, I mean, you have to hit that historical context, right? When we when we weren't integrated, they killed us. When we weren't integrated, they killed us. So that question is always kind of presumptive, or kind of like it has it has kind of like a an assumption a, that it, that the system is okay. 
that the exactly was, like so we could have we could have made it work one way or the other we just we just took the wrong turn like mm-hmm. it was our so i then so yeah at the end of the day I, it's it's not right or wrong in exactly it's, like you y'all niggas should have no made winning. it work there is no winning while we're in the system exactly so we had a black washer we had a black company we had black doctors we had black universities right but what is happening is that racism stopped becoming Face, uh, front facing and it became in back it became in the through the back right and so we have policy and we have funding and we have you know uh, development all that does not benefit us mm-hmm. right because again it's not for us but I mean even no. even Martin Luther King himself months before he died admitted that his fight for integration slash civil rights was a mistake mm-hmm. because because um, I'm not trying to discredit Rosa Parks or MLK. Um, they are huge uh, parts, Pillars. huge cogs in the reason why we're even able to sit here on Zoom and talk today. But at the same time, fighting for us to be able to sit in the front of a white bus versus us fighting to own our own buses, which we did, I think those are two things. Because, but but then again, I mean, I'm playing both sides because when we did do that, look what happened in Tulsa. We got bombed. The first domestic bombing yeah, in America exactly. was exactly. because black people started to develop economic ownership and started to become competition to white supremacy. And there was a lot of other t- Tulsa, Oklahoma's too. Don't, oh, yeah, don't get twisted. That's the yeah, most yeah. famous, right? I mean, yeah, say famous. You know, they don't even teach they don't even teach that history in Tulsa. In school. Right? The people in that city don't get taught about that. I was yeah. there was this whole um after the Watchmen came out, there was a whole NPR thing where they were interviewing people from Tulsa and they were asking them like about their understanding about what had happened. And a lot of these people were like, I had no idea. There's people in my church who lived through that to this day yeah. and no one taught it's this it's this deep it's like this this um, in the black community at least it was like this shadow that no one of the younger generation spoke about and mm-hmm. definitely not in school and so people were like you know they recently found a mass grave of 300 bodies right and so again we know it's it's is segregation better in the system versus integration yes but either way you can never be totally segregated unless again we're giving our own nation state where it's like this is our spot we have our own autonomy and we can make decisions on this border and, and we, we can do that but I mean, unless, we either have to again have our own country, whether that's here or in Africa, um, or we need to have a complete new system here that is inclusive of all and allows you to be um, successful. Whether you do choose to integrate, but specifically, especially when you choose to be hom- homogenous. Okay. Well, at the same time, too, what is? I think there's a very, very, very thin line between recognizing that system uh, systemic oppression exists and at the same time taking responsibility for our own actions yeah i think yeah. that i think that's a conversation that's very uncomfortable even within the black community you know um i'm not denying that systemic oppression exists i mean we've been talking about it for an hour now but at the same time at what point do we start to take responsibility for ourselves and what can we do within our power that we have right now to bring about change? I mean, we got to pull that money together. We got to pull our money together. We, like you said, we have the capital. You said that we have the finances. But if you you, you had that stat about we buy twice as much 
twice as many Mercedes, but make half as much, right? The black generational wealth gap is so huge. We have to focus on building that gap. We and have I, to work in to build that. And I think right, that with, is the most important thing that we as black individuals can do in our own power. And that's a protest right there. That, that's that's a protest, your protest right there. Right, saying that I'm gonna fight to make sure that I succeed in this system that does not and is not built for me to succeed. And we know how hard it is. I mean, of course, it's not it's not cheap. Buying a, a, a t-shirt from a black-owned business is not cheap. Yes, compared to going to H and M. But we have to look at it in a whole different way. We have to look toward. It. We have to look in the future, man, and we have to for know sure. that it's important. And Absolutely. I think I think what it what it comes down to is at least uh, this this tactic right is black people standing in solidarity yeah black people coming together yeah. um the white man has been doing this for all of our history man dividing and conquering right they divide us we have to stand in solidarity we have to we have to have a plan as a collective black people collective black community and what we have to do and i think this is this is the first one that we can do actively yeah, do. I agree. And I think like, you know, again, I like to take the like the huge huge historical perspective. It's like, you know, white people haven't haven't been the supreme race all of history. Mm, you know what I'm saying? So we, we you know, this not. is they 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 secured the bag for this couple hundred years, right? Yes. But the last couple hundred years before that and the last couple hundred years before that and then the last couple hundred years before that, you know, every couple hundred years the, the, the pendulum swings to different swings to somewhere different else. group, right? And there was when, Ch- and and Asia is trying to come back to this right now. But a couple hundred years or hundreds of hundreds of years ago, Asia had such a huge sway, right? Hundreds of hundreds of years ago, the the uh, Persia and the Middle East had a huge sway. Hundreds of and hundreds of years ago, Africa, you know the the, nope. the Horn of nope. Africa, and, and 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 all the way to West Africa, right where we had Mansa Musa, we had all of these kind of pendulum swinging where there's a lot of movement. Right now, it's kind of sucks because we are on the losing end as black people of the pendulum. But eventually, I do trust and believe that for real, the pendulum will swing back in our favor, right? Yeah. And so we will see because I think again, like we have, you, you cannot be this oppressed and still and still do it this good. You know what I'm saying? We, we we make it look good. We make it look easy. That's why we, white people really don't believe us. We make it look easy doing this shit. Yeah. You can, you, you, I wouldn't trust us either. You know what I'm saying? The way the way we make it look good, the way we swag it out, the way we overcome these obstacles, it's it's inconceivable. You really you would really think you're writing science fiction when you try to understand Straight the plight of a black person, Straight a black up. woman, especially. So yeah, of course, it's gonna seem outrageous. Right, it seems unlikely, it seems unrealistic when you tell it from someone from that angle and that lens. But um, again, like I trust and believe that you know. Again, once we, I think we have to unify back to the to the to the homeland, to the continent. I think there has to be a bigger relationship with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I think we're, I'm think we're ready to do that. I mean, our our country's back home. Ready for that. That's Listen, a whole, I mean, right there, That's a whole different thing, African development. Listen, I'm thinking right? what we need to do is we need to have a great charismatic leader that can unify the, all of Africa. We need to have someone who can unify our, again, um, our our resources. We need to have international trade. Bro, we, we need have to... Malcolm X, man. 
I'm telling you, bro. I mean, all those, mind you, all those people are who they are after the fact. Malcolm X wasn't really Malcolm X while he was Malcolm X. Oh, yes, he, he was, just, man. He, right before he died, he, son. Right I before he with, died, after he went to Mecca, whoa, his his views were on point. My, my, my point more so is like the sway he has now is it's undeniable. But at that time, he was a very, and it's, I mean, he is now still too, but that time he was hyper contentious. There was hella Christian people who was not rocking with MLK. There was a lot of black people who were not, who were not, who were not in solidarity with MLK or Malcolm. Yes, exactly. So there was people who were always pushing even internally. So I think we have to also realize that we don't need every nigga on board. We just need most niggas on board. I was just gonna right? say. So right now sometimes, it's that way. sometimes not everyone's gonna be like, we should do that that way. And and yeah. maybe there yeah. needs to be tweaks in the game plan for sure. But you're always gonna have naysayers, right? That's okay. So and that's okay. And that's part of it, right? Mm-hmm. You're always gonna have internal conflict, but you still have to have the larger ball moving forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so. even even with uh, we were talking about this last time, but even Harriet Tubman, when she was interviewed, they were saying, "Wow, like you freed so many slaves, this and that." I think she freed what three hundred slaves or something like that. She said, "I would have freed thousands more if they knew that they were slaves." I love so that. I think that quote is so. Huh? Uh-huh. She said, "I would have." She said, "I would have freed thousands more if they knew that they were slaves." Which is uh, such a crazy idea to think of. Like, how? Uh, did, how did they? How did you not know you were a slave? Yeah. What, uh, what conditioning were you in that you thought you were? You thought you were free? Bro, or there's this thing called Stockholm syndrome. Yes. It's a real. Love the master. It's a real thing. Straight up. So I think that moving forward, I think that um, educating ourselves on African history as well as American history, the real history, not the indoctrination that we received growing up, will give us a sense of empowerment and understanding of where we came from. Because if you really look into it, the Moors, uh, they were a Mali uh, empire that built the first university within history. They had the craziest library too. They had the most in-depth library that had the craziest type of of knowledge. And what happened, the Northern Europeans went into that institution, learned from the, pro- the resources that we were providing, took that information and took over the world. So I think moving forward, it's, history will repeat itself. We need to infiltrate these institutions ourselves like we are, go into these schooling systems and take, these, take this information and rather than turning our back on our own people, we need to implement this and bring those resources back to our people. Mm-hmm. Same Listen, way that they did it. That's yeah. what China's doing right now in Africa, right? They're oh, trying to be, they're trying to be colon- the, the next... Well, they're trying to colonize it at 2.0 right now. And they're doing you know it what, in bro, I don't know if you noticed, away. I don't know if you noticed, man. America, like, our our enemy right now, I feel like, it is, is turning towards China. Yeah, so we were talking about that a definition. couple weeks ago, right? We just... We just like disassociated ourselves from the WHO because Trump was saying that the WHO is is corrupted by the Chinese government, right? And on top of that, all this new like this new like media agenda that they they're they're doing on China. Like I don't know if you're watching this new TV show on Netflix called The Space Force. It's with your boy. Yeah, I love Space Force. That's my shit. Yeah, you know, that's so I funny. Love that shit. So funny. But listen, like, get guess who the bad guy is in that? It's China, China. bro. Let me tell you, especially with small, that. like small psychological brainwash, brainwashing techniques that they they're doing, that they're making, man. 
Well, China is ahead of the game because they're thinking, how can we secure the bag in a hundred years? Yeah, right. They're not. They're not. They're not worried about what America's going to do in the next ten, twenty years. They're okay with breaking treaties. They're okay with with shaking up the board because they're thinking the long term game, right? We know with like their techno. You know, if you do, if you have, let me see if I can say this correctly. If you do business in China, like if you're a technological firm in China, you are required by Chinese law to give your intellectual property to China. Right, so China in America, you, like to get intellectual property. Once you have that, no one can even come anywhere near to even the idea of what you built. If a nigga came and built something that had the you idea of what you built, you can sue yeah. it. Yeah. It could be something completely different that it works. But if it's if it if it res if it is similar yeah. to what that is, you can get sued. But in China, they're snatching up everyone's intellectual property. What they're doing, they're bringing it together, they're giving it to the people, and they're flipping it back internally. Right, and that's why we have. I don't know if you guys are following up with like Huawei and 5G, but these people like they've mastered 5G, and with 5G internet, the quickness of it, the way we're gonna change medicine, technology, travel, education, they're already planning for that long-term type of next level, 21st, 22nd century type of movement, right? And so, like you're saying, the Space Force, they were already looking how we can live on. on on, on the Mars moon. and the moon and all these type of shit, right? Like they're like, oh, we're ready thinking like we're gonna. Look. It's not when, it's how effectively can we do it? And the U.S. Well, just barely trying to get to the moon, barely. Yeah, there's exactly. there's, there's literally a statement going around saying, if you want to see America tomorrow, look at China today. Oh, today. Ooh, I haven't heard that one. That's good. Straight up, that's it's facts. I mean, if you look at uh, so in China, they have the um, the cameras set up around the city. And they're implementing this new social credit thing. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I've heard of that. It's wild. It's a real thing. Like, like straight up. Black mirror. Black mirror is a real thing, yo. Yeah, it's been up for a while though. (laughs) Yeah. So what is it? What is it exactly? So there's cameras, millions of cameras throughout the city that are recording constantly, 24 hours around the clock, that are recording your actions and behaviors. So if they are things that are conducive or positive in their in their lens, then you get social credits, positive social credits that you can use. Mm. But if my bad, yeah. <laughs> but if you're getting, if you're doing things that are opposed to their agenda, then you start to lose social credits, and this will impact you to the point where it'll stop you from flying internationally. Like it's to that point. That's that is implemented in China right now. Yeah, yeah. there's a, it's a bro, black system. mirror is real. They're yeah, ranking. That is literally black mirror. Yes, bro. it's like you get A plus, you get a C minus. Like they'll let you know yeah. like how good of a citizen you are, right? Yeah. And they, they tell, and again, like someone was saying, to their definition, right? That's in a conformative way, in a way that really is um, is one that is not rebellious, but one that can follow without questioning. And so, yo, can you imagine if that came to America? Do you want how, that? How, no, no. What I, that is exactly what I was about to say. Imagine. With all this injustice and that's going on with Black Americans, imagine what they can use that for now. Absolutely. Imagine. I mean, they're they're already using they're they're using somewhat more basic version of that where they're using your phones to track wherever you go. I would just not believe that. Yeah. And, and oh my God, let me tell you this crazy thing that I and it's not that crazy because I told Jordy and Jordy's in all into computer science, so he was like, oh, everyone knows about that. But when I was taking one of my master's Shout classes. Shout out to Jojo. Um, and we were, we had a pre- uh, someone from a company come and do a presentation in one of my information management classes. And the guy was telling me how he worked for his company where they basically 
pull any public information about you and they create a persona about you. Yes. And any information that you have about other people, they pull that information. So it creates this hyper web of information about all these people. And the more people you know, the bigger the web it gets and, they, and, it, and it pulls all this information. And it creates this like, um, and they sell that data to companies so that those companies can go through your information and say, how can we market to you? How can we get you to buy certain things, right? And shout so, out Zoom. It, shout out to Zoom, right? It's, exactly. exactly. So it, it was, they, they were collecting data to really build out like this persona and this really, this very detailed biography and file of you and everyone you know. And it, and it keeps, so they were saying, it will record your credit card um, activities, your social media activities, your your um, your travel activities, your social economic stat, like all these things to build out this um, this profile of you. And it, and and it was so crazy because I was sitting there, I was like, these niggas, and and it was crazy because let's say they don't have any information on Simone, but they have information on me and David. They can build a profile off Simone because I and David know Simone even yeah. though they themselves don't have any information on Simone. And then, you know, so That's it's great. like, they're really, and then when you add on to like, eventually we'll get to a certain level of automatic and automatic or automated intelligence, AI, then it's going to get to a whole thing where, and we know that AI is already racist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, again, like my nigga, we're not, when the, we need Afrofuturism in a way where we are leaders in the future. Yeah. We, we will, we will see another level of slavery when the, when technology comes in, when yeah. we have true automated, uh, automated uh, machines, we have true automated transportation, automated um, healthcare, all of these things become automated. The compounding effect is going to be 10 times over for us, 10 times over. We're literally living in a generation where AI knows us better than we know ourselves. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, again, and like, and like and like you said too, the AI is based off the collective unconscious. So the collective unconscious right now is white supremacy. Yeah. So yeah. that that AI, we need to be careful. Is going to implement the same thing that's going on within exactly. the collective unconscious. Exactly. I mean, they even found a lot well, of like these. This this moment in time, this moment in history, is very very important for the rest of Black history. 100%. This these next 150, this next 50 years, the next 100 years is really gonna be what is gonna it's a defining what, moment. It's a defining moment. I'm not gonna say five years, two years, a year. It's really what's the next 50 years look like and what's the next 100 years look like. Yeah, bro, we got we got literally billionaires that are preparing their settlement on Mars right now. Like people are yeah. not talking about that. Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are preparing SpaceX to get people to Mars. There's people that are signing up. They're getting doctors. They're getting teachers. They are getting farmers. Everything. A whole society prepared to leave to go to Mars. This is a real thing. This is not Listen, a conspiracy theory. That's what SpaceX is? Huh? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, trying to have, they're, they're trying to do? Yeah, they're trying to have yes. colonies on Mars. Yeah. But I did not know any of this. So they're trying to, yeah. That's what, the, like, NASA has all these crazy sleep deprivation or sleep kind of, um, I don't know if you guys even heard on the news, like they're doing all these experiments where it's like, oh, can you sleep in this capsule for like yeah. a week to see how your body will react, right? And we'll give you X amount oh, of money or whatever. Space Force, man. So, it, nigga, Space Force copying real life. I'm telling you, all that <laughs> shit we see there is literally what we're happening, right? Yeah. What, where, where did this weird nigga Donald Trump all of a sudden think we should have a, a Space Force? What, is it a crazy idea or does he really know some shit that we really not yeah. privy to because he's like, it must be popping in space 
for this nigga to think that he needs to make another branch of the military. That's a big ass deal. Like at first it was funny to laugh at because you're like, oh, SpaceX. But you're like, what is this nigga really trying to do? This dude, Elon Musk, has so many satellites within our atmosphere that there are astronomers that are complaining that they can't even see. Yes. That's how many satellites this guy has. We have littered the space. There's litter in space right now. You know what I'm saying? That's the the game plan these niggas are on. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to step back and say, what, you know, why are we playing tic-tac-toe while niggas are playing Dungeons and Dragons, you know what I'm saying? That's the whole yes. hyper, super level of a gameplay where we're just trying to make sure we can get three in a row. And niggas are happy that Elon Musk is selling all his property and his cars and stuff, and he's not tree-hugging, he's preparing to leave. Exactly, <laughs> and he's playing himself, not like his great-great-grandkid. Exactly. Again, they're playing with this different... Let me tell you, when Nazi Germany was around, the type of experimentation and the type of science they were trying to do like that was kind of like considered like the black magic of yeah, science, yeah. right? Yeah. Like they were really pushing, they were pushing the ethical stuff. A lot right? of that came from America, by the way. Uh, no, not only came from America. They we picked up a lot of those scientists, right? NASA. And there's a great movie that uh, or TV show on on Amazon that uh, Jordan Peele produced, and I forgot what it's called. It's called Hunters. And it's about these Jewish people who hunt, that, yeah. who hunt Nazis who, who live like as Americans uh, and during um, like the '60s, and so and 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 in the show they pause a lot and say, "Hey, this they will show something that happens in the show," but they'll say, "Hey, this actually really happened." So I was just about the, to ask. Yeah, so like NASA really hired a bunch. Like the federal government went. So when Nazi Germany was was uh, crumbling, they had all these like super smart scientists, and so the U.S. government was like, "Oh shit, what, what's gonna happen to scientists? Like, they're just gonna go to another country and they're gonna now do their crazy ass science for somebody else? Hell no, we need that crazy ass shit." So what they did is they came in, they're like, "Listen, we're gonna wipe the slate clean, we're gonna set you up good, and you're gonna work for us now." And that's what we did. We put them work at NASA. We put them to work in all these other crazy places. And they became, they were able to uh, assimilate under new identities. And those are real things. And so, again, we, we still pushing this. There's a, there's a, we know that there's this level of science that we're not being able to be shown, right? That there's happening behind the scenes. We know that it's happened before, whether it's the experimentation on black women with early science during slavery, whether it's the stuff with Tuskegee Airmen, what other shit is happening right now, right? The only difference between the Tuskegee Airmen, uh, that, uh, not Tuskegee Airmen, experiment? experiment. Syphilis, yeah. Yeah, with the syphilis, the only reason it's a big deal is because we know about it. What yeah. other ones have happened that we don't know? So many things, you know, the average document takes like 30 or 40 years to declassify. You know what I'm saying? And so, and how many processes has to go through to even do that? So. The government is not going to tell people, "Hey, we're still we're still experimenting on people. We're still doing that." That that, that might go into some conspiracy shit, but yeah, we about to go into another podcast at this point. Yeah, right? that's <laughs> all that all that to say, all that to say, really, is white supremacy is going to do anything and everything in its power to uh, preserve itself, yeah. right? And it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna kill and destroy and burn any and everything it has to do to to preserve its uh, its seat at the table. Right, yeah. so those are those are all levels and ways we see it play out. There's a whole cold war going on underneath our nose that we don't see. So, for sure, for sure. I mean, 
even like you know recently uh, when Hillary Clinton was running for um, for president, there was a memo that was pushed out to the Democrats to not to support the Black Lives Matter movement or any policies that they that they had um, that they had enacted, and that was 2016. Right, and so now all these politicians are like, oh my God, black people, oh my God, I never knew, I never knew. You did know, you just didn't want to, you just didn't want to do anything about it because it hurt your pocket. Yeah. Right, because you are more worried about convincing white people to vote for you than to saving black lives. Mm, that's good. And, and 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 to be fair, okay, because that that works for you and your kind. We can't expect that you would then do something in our benefit. Why would you do that? Yeah. And uh, on top of that, all the, like especially 2016, like right before the election, was you know all the Black Lives Matters protests and stuff like that. Do you remember that? Like after Fernando Castillo, I think his name was. Yes. Yes, man. You, man, it, all those protests, Black Lives Matters protests, if anything, emboldened all the other white people who were for white supremacy to vote. My nigga, I went to a call a Christian campus right i had professors who were who were pastors i had classmates who were like on worship team like i went to a christian school and as the vice president of black student union we had a race and reconciliation panel where we talked about or no that was second the first we had like it was right after i think trayvon martin right so so visceral and everyone was like just like we had to do something about it and that was like maybe 2012 or 13 13, yeah. yeah and we, we had this great turnout and people came and we got to talk about like, you know, police brutality and we got to talk about like what it means to be afraid as a black person. And we got so much hate mail. We were like, from, these are, mind you, these are devout Christians, they're pastors, they serve in the church, they serve in the community. They're, they, they, they're doing all these things in the name of God, but we were met with instant hate and, and threats, right? Whether they were anonymous or not. And so we saw this pushback of whenever you question whiteness, whenever you question white supremacy, it's always going to bark. It's always going to bite back, right? Because you are now trying to <coughs> be the ref instead of being the player. Exactly. Right. And so the ref is even. Sometimes you can yell at the ref for a little bit, but the ref is not. The ref is going to eject you out the game. Exactly. Right. Whether that looks like prison, whether that looks like murder, whether that looks like uh, uh, um, disenfranchisement, you're gonna be out of the game. You know, and then you have to decide: Do you want to get back to the game? You want the rest to be like, okay, now you come back in. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to take those kind of those type of considerations. Yeah, even even uh, kind of piggybacking off what you're saying, I used to, uh, me and my dad used to go to Shadow Mountain out here in San Diego. Oh. You know, Doctor uh, Jeremiah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's a phenomenal speaker, this and that. You know, we used to go there for years. And then it was getting close to elections, I think back in 2016. And I came into service with my dad one time and there was just American flags all over the place. I was like, oh, cool, they're being patriotic. But a lot of patri- a lot of patriots are hiding behind nationalism, to be honest. But no, no, white, na- white nationalism. White nationalism, yeah. yeah. So we went in there and he's, he's, you know, he's doing his usual thing, he's talking. And then all of a sudden he starts getting into politics. He's like, we need to secure this. Uh, we need to make sure we secure this vote. The Supreme Court is at jeopardy right now, blah, 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 blah. And he's clearly talking about Donald Trump. Obviously he didn't say his name, but yeah. that's clearly the agenda that he was trying to push. Like me and my dad literally just got up and left at that point. The whole service was about how it's important for us to vote for number 45. 
because he's going to elect a new Supreme Court member. I mean, and of course. That's how they infiltrate. You know, they, they hide behind the Bible, and I, I think they're the first in line to hell. But at the same time, like, that's one of the worst things you can do. But we need to be aware. Like, we can't, we need to stop being pimped by the Democratic Party, being pimped by any other party, and start to read and re- research these things on our own, like Abby said earlier. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right. I mean, I, 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 go ahead. And let me just note that that same reason that that guy said to vote for 45 is again for, to vote for 46. Like, literally. Exactly. Oh, I like the, I said that. The Supreme that was Court. Good. One of the Supreme Court judges is literally like Loki on her deathbed. Like she will not last these next four years. So That's the RB, next RBJ. sitting president is going to appoint a Supreme Court judge who will be there for the rest of that person's life. Yeah. And <laughs> More it than is four a years. very, very big deal. And, and, and trust and believe Donald is Trump is winning and picking that person. Huh? Donald Trump is winning and he's going to pick that person. And it's going to be a high potential. No, man, that's not right. But we can't let that happen, man. This is the same Supreme Court who makes laws. Who makes specific laws just like that qualified immunity law that lets cops go free after doing some heinous ass shit. Yeah. But yeah, seriously, like... The Supreme Court is such a big deal, man. Like we it cannot. Like, it's already it's already a conservative um, a majority, majority with five yeah. to four, five versus four. So the next person uh, who goes in will either split the majority or uh, or uh, switch the majority to a liberal five to four or make it more conservative, which it will be conservative for the next how many 40, 50 years until the next person dies, yeah. and all the all the subsequent. Like new laws that are made are going to be made by conservatives. We don't want that. We don't. Also, want I'm that. telling you, we have to take that 50 year, 100 year look at things, right? Come on, it man. It has this to be is, that bigger is, plan. Bro, it's again, is, what are we doing on the local side? But then, how do we? Who are the people who are there? You know, there are judges who are appointed lifelong judges, right? Not just on the Supreme Court, but there's people who are sitting pretty who decide cases every single day. Supreme Court does a couple cases a year. And if that, right, they only, they're hyper selective. If it's hard about to get a single, It's hard for them to get these old ass niggas together. I don't of know course. what they're doing the other time. You get paid big bucks to be in that big ass robe. But I mean, hey, whatever. I'm sure it must be tough. White supremacy um, is a heavy rock to hold, bro. It's, a, it's, it's tough. That robe of privilege is a, is, a, is, a, is a heavy one to carry. So I appreciate the the effort they put into it but you know again like local judges local DAs local school boards like yes. what are we teaching our kids you know what I'm saying like what are they even eating why are we having chocolate milk and tacos and pizza together my nigga like who was who eating this and who said this is okay like wh- where we just do we just have like two random things and niggas are like oh shit what'd you give us to all these kids do you guys like, understand that the food industry hooks little kids up to EEG machines and sees how certain foods make them react. And then by doing so, they implement that into the school system. That's illegal. They should not even be able to do that. That's crazy. Straight up. The pharmaceutical industry and pharmaceutical... Food industry and pharmaceutical industry work together. They're the biggest cartels in the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, if we know, like, you know, you know that big, um, that big marketing campaign when we were kids, like, Got Milk? 
Yeah. And you see, and you you see all through school like Shaq with the with the yeah, mustache, yeah, yeah. Serena Williams with the mustache. Because you can like, milk hella fast to get the mustache. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. The perfect mustache too. <laughs> but you know what was crazy was like the milk industry, the dairy industry was the ones who lobbied to push all because they had excess dairy and they were like, we need the government to pick up all the dairy. Yeah. So they lobbied themselves to make sure the government would buy all this dairy, even though they didn't need it or want it. And so what they did was like the government now all of a sudden had all this dairy, which is not technically healthy for you. And they're like, oh shit, let's just give it to all these people. And so they just gave it to the masses and they gave it to the poor people and they gave it to the black people. And that's why I like the, the irony of the statement, government cheese. Right, giving you things that are can't sustain you, but are not for you or healthy for you, right? Mm. And it's all because of a lob uh, a lobbyist decided that they need to sell milk. They thought, hey, we should put it in the nutrition, um, you know, what is it, nutrition tree or whatever that thing is called, nutrition pyramid. They say okay. you need you need dairy, you need it. Like, no, mm. why, why are we drinking out of animals' titties? I don't understand. <laughs> the only yes. animal that does so, by the way. The only animal that does so is gross, nigga. It's good though. It ah, uh, we we stopped at milk in 2020, Bobby. Come on, almond <laughs> milk, almond milk, cashew milk. We got a lot of almonds. Okay, cashew milk. I haven't had that one yet. I haven't had cashew either. It's good. It's not oat milk. Let's be honest. Oat milk is the goat. Oat milk is cool. I, I, I'm I'm very basic and I stick to my to my almond milk, but you know. Yeah. I can be a little classy sometimes and, and, and put a little dash of hope. Yeah, man. At but the end of the day, man, I mean, to wrap this up, this is like getting into two hours, but um, I think we need to educate ourselves um, not only on black rights, social injustice, history, but at the same time, the things that we were just talking about towards the end in terms of the food industry and the pharmaceutical industry and how they're upholding the system of maintenance rather than prevention. And exactly. we need to stop relying on people that literally make a living off of us being sick. Exactly. They literally make a living off of us being sick. So we need to start educating ourselves. I mean, our ancestors did not need no medical doctors to make it this far. They're 90, 100 years old, reading books, walking around and doing all these things. So um, I think it's important for us to keep the three-dimensional knowledge intact. And uh, moving forward, I think just education and conversations like this amongst brothers, you know, just keeping each other accountable and aware and conscious on certain things is the way to go. I think first and foremost, that's what we can do right now. Mm-hmm. So sure. I appreciate you guys, man. Um, we're all a, reflect- a reflection of each other. So thank you guys for getting on here and talking your, uh, your piece. Um, I well, definitely I think that we need to have a part two, three, and four after I'm this. Telling you, I'm telling you. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, I, I really appreciate you guys. Love you guys, man. Yeah, sure. All love, all love. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. Sure. At the end of the day, black lives do matter. So let's not forget that all lives don't matter until black lives matter. So touch. Hallelujah. Shabo. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good word. That was a good okay. podcast, y'all. That was really yeah. good. I'm going to yeah. pause the recording now. Oh, I'll stop it. Okay. How many more marches? Cause when they're killing mine, they'll try to justify it. 
each and every time Playing in the park, taking you a jog Sitting on the couch, in your own house Never seen no matter what we do You think we don't matter, but we do You got a problem cause the city on fire But you're quiet when niggas die Not the soul about that body that we buried God, now you no longer have to worry It's so hard to sing these words out loud All these beautiful, precious black lives 